Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Touchdown! City. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And welcome in, everybody. Hour number two, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. Joined now as we are every Tuesday by Dan Israel. Always appreciate these visits. There is so much on the field to talk about, Dan Uh, Tommy and I might be a little too old to fully have a grasp and understand this, but we're going to hit you right out of the gate with the hard-hitting stuff. Have you seen these Chiefsaholic rumors? Is there any buzz in the building or anywhere that that you guys are privy of this or this weird social media story going on? Hey, Dan. I have. (laughs) Hey, good morning. Uh, No, I'm not privy to it. (laughs) I don't. Good. Don't be. It's it's weird. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's why they call them fanatics, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> do whatever it takes, maybe. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the Chiefs on the field. You know, Dan, it's they, they're I, we uh, is I don't know that stumbling is the right word uh, because they've won the last two, but it hasn't been with like convincing fashion. And we sit here now as there's every opportunity in the world for home field. And the Chiefs have a very winnable schedule remaining. But how much as we enter this point is it like we need to see the Chiefs just play really well down the stretch and and regain some of that confidence? Because it's not total confidence right now in the way this has gone. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. You know, and you, you, you look at it, you take a team that has a record of one and 11 and and you have to go to overtime with them. It's hard to say that passes the eye test. I think it's interesting though, you know, all week last week, coach kept talking, coach Reed kept talking about how uh, don't trust this record. That's not what we see on tape. It's not what we see on tape. And, you know, to be honest with you, I I just thought it was coaches speak because uh, you know, I mean, they, that's just coach Reed's approach to all of it, right? He takes every week very seriously and he recognizes that in any given week, uh, a good team can lose to a, a, a less uh, a lesser team, and so I felt like you know he was just that was just what was kind of he was his position he was taking. But when I walked in after the the game was over, shook his hand, I said, "Hey, coach, congratulations!" Because I told you they weren't a one and eleven team. <laughs> you know, it's like the I think he saw on tape the fact that Levy Smith is really starting to make a difference in the Texans. Nevertheless, you want to look at our team and say, "Hey, look, 
championship caliber. You cannot make mistakes in the postseason. We all know that. We all know that. Now, in 2019, they did. They came out against the Texans and made a bunch of mistakes and managed to survive that. But you will not go deep unless you can fix some of those problems. And, uh, you know, the fumbles, the extra points, I'm not sure. I'm sure you want to get into the extra point situation or the uh, field goal kicking uh, situation. But the I'm not sure what's going on there, but I can tell you this. Got to fix that, man. You know, three points could be a difference maker. One point could be a difference maker in the postseason. So there is a lot to clean up for Chiefs fans to feel really good about this team making it all the way to the Super Bowl. Dan, let's talk a little bit about the turnovers. Uh, Of course, Patrick Mahomes had three interceptions against Denver, but really played well against the Texans. No picks, uh, really efficient, had the longest completion streak of his entire career. But there were two fumbles in the game against the Texans. You're talking about things to clean up. and, and, And obviously, when you look at the turnover differential and how far down the Chiefs are when you're comparing other teams in the league, I how I know it's not a simple fix, and sometimes things are fluky. That fumble with Juju uh, was pretty fluky. But how do you clean that sort of thing up? Yeah, and I think you know, I guess you, you in similar fashion, you could make your argument. Hey, I could survive one fumble with the with the inexplicable way men collide on the field. This is going to happen, but two fumbles is two is one at least one, if not two, too many, and certainly more than that is unacceptable. But I, I do feel like you know there is a certain level of they coaches teach defensive backs and linebackers that you have to break down. You can't just keep pursuing with reckless abandon the ball carrier, otherwise your momentum carries you by them. So you have to learn to break down. I. I think in similar fashion, I think the offense for the Chiefs, these guys are going to have to learn to switch from that aggressive speed to protecting the football. You, you know, two arms, you, you could see Kelsey every time. You know, he'd get into traffic, he'd put two arms around the football. And it's just a, a conscious effort to say, look, I, I'm in a situation as my play develops, I have got to make the transition between forward progress and protecting the football because what teams are seeing, what defenses are seeing when they play the Chiefs is if they go in and they start punching that football around, they'll get it out here or there in one or two times is all it takes. So I think it's a little bit of a mindset uh, to eliminate the, the ones that could be eliminated, and they just have to realize sometimes, hey, the aggressive, you know, know your situation. You need four yards. Once you've got the four yards, it's about protecting the football. It's not about getting six or eight or or whatever yak might exist from a a receiver as well. Uh, I just think it's really going to be something they have to focus on at the end of those plays. They've got to protect the football. It was interesting last week, Coach Biennemi had said goal one was to be able to give the football back to the referee after the play. And, And I thought that was interesting, you know hang on to it long enough that you're the guy handing the football back to the referee, not the other team. Yeah, that's interesting. It it is such a strange dynamic when you look across the league, Dan Israel, executive producer of the chiefs radio network joining us because like the metrics, there are two things that stick out with the chiefs, right? That the other, and, and I've been saying, I think there are six contenders, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas city, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas. But if, as you look across it at the other teams in that conversation, the, chief, the Chiefs, by the numbers, are behind in two areas. Defense, 
and for sure that turnover margin, but they're a little ahead on offense. And and is there enough of an advantage offensively to make up the deficiencies in the other two areas? Do you think? I mean, I think that's the gamble you don't want to take, right? I mean, you don't want to just say we can live with, you know, we did it against the Texans. We did it against the Titans. We fell behind here and we can come back. I think it's a dangerous position to live in. Uh, So I, I think they don't want to take that stance, even though that might be true. I definitely don't think they want to take that mindset into their game. Uh, you know, preparation. They have got to figure out a way to resolve some of those issues. I think defensively, it's interesting. I think two two real uh, items that seem abnormal for me are third downs on both sides of the ball. For some reason, our third down, we're just getting in these situations where third downs offensively are hard for us to convert. And then likewise, on the defense, sometimes they do such a, an unbelievable job on first and second down, and then they can give up a 15-yard pass on third down. That seems odd to me, and I think they're going to have to lock some of these things down. But the the mistakes have to stop. You know, they've got to figure out certainly how to protect the football. The defense, I thought, did a great job closing the game out, causing the fumble. Uh, You know, Frank Clark had a really good game last week, and that's the Frank Clark that we kind of remember from 2019, right? So it's definitely good to see them doing some of the right things, but they have to eliminate the wrong things. And it's really hard to look at the Texans game and the Kansas City Chiefs defense and say, well, what was really pass interference and what was Carl Sheffer's absolute inability to referee a football game? And this is a guy, I don't understand how he's kept his job. It's, it's ponderously bad. Uh, some of the calls were good. I'm not saying that the Chiefs didn't earn some of that 100-plus yards of penalties, but there was something going on there. And it's, so it's hard to, to coach the – the defense on what to do, you know, I mean, how to defend those passes. They have to eliminate one way or the other, whether you're playing Carl Sheffers or not, you got to eliminate those pass interference calls because those, that was game momentum to the, to the Houston Texans, uh, at least last Sunday. Dan, you mentioned uh, the 2019 Super Bowl season and, and the way that, you know, Kansas City made mistakes, but were able to overcome that. Uh, one of the things that I, I know that a, the, a lot of the fan base always goes back to and falls back on. And I get it. I understand why is, you know what? It's okay if the defense isn't great. It's okay if there are special teams issues or turnovers or whatever, because we've got the unicorn and Patrick Mahomes. We've got the offense that can, can make it happen, can overcome anything. And we've seen that happen time and again. That being said, clearly cleaning up these issues when you've got teams in in the in the league like the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals and then you know even other teams in the other conference that are complete teams that don't make those kind of mistakes uh I'm not sure that that's a recipe that can continue long term so how do you balance that that thought process of we've got the offense to overcome these issues versus let's focus on cleaning up the issues that we have well, I definitely think the offense that they have is something that's a little intrinsic to them at this point. You know, that is going to be there. So in my mind, the focus should be cleaning it up, eliminating the mistakes. You know, the ideas of – I always think it's interesting how close uh, a good play is from a play that's a bust. I mean, it really can be a matter of inches or at the very least feet. And so, you know, you, you really need to focus on the details and – in Part of the details of whatever position you're playing is ball handling. You know, we had a bad snap last 
last week. There were just some things that, you know, you you don't want to see. And so whatever that is, if that's getting back to fundamentals, if it's a, you know, if it's a half hour in practice on this, it's worth it. And, and to me, it's probably called for in that you, you're right. You're going to play the Bengals or the Bills at some point, possibly both, God forbid, but uh, you're going to play these teams and they aren't making those mistakes right now. And, and that's why we always say you want to be playing your best football in December. And it's kind of the downside to playing these teams that are a little more desperate and not quite your conventional, you know, you, it just pulls you a little bit out of your own rhythm, but I feel like the focus has got to be on eliminating the mistakes. I feel like if they eliminate the mistakes, then the rest will fall into place because the chiefs are still a very good football team. And in my opinion, the biggest detriment to their or the biggest impediment to them reaching the Super Bowl is their own play. If they play as good as they can play, uh, if mistake-free or relatively mistake-free and as good as they can play, I'll put them in there every time with the with the Bills and the Bengals and the Chargers and anybody who might be left. Now, look, doesn't mean that they're going to win. Sometimes it comes down to the last man holding the ball. I think that was the case with the Bengals game, you know, but – uh, I think they, they definitely can be their own worst enemy there and can make it as difficult as they want it to be. So eliminate those mistakes. That would be, if I were in the coaching chair, that's what I'd be saying. I'm not, <laughs> I trust coach Reed will have it together, but uh, yeah, I want to see those things go away. Uh, which of those teams we're talking about here, Dan, of the contenders, AFC or NFC, which one scares you the most? Well, you know, I mean, I guess the, the, the most popular answer would be the Bengals since we've not been able to beat them. But honestly, I still think the bills are a more robust team. They have more weapons on offense. I I feel like their defense is more physical, not that the Bengals aren't, but I would say personally the bills. And and I also think that much like, I think it'll be hard for the Bengals to, to beat the chiefs four straight times in a row. I think it's going to be difficult for the bills to, uh, you know, for us to keep beating the Bills in the playoffs and expecting to get by that, I just think that the the desire on the part of the Bills is going to get so intense that eventually they're going to bring a game that's almost, you know, impossible to shut down. But I think they, they scare me more than the Bengals. But uh, look, you know, none of these – I'm not even a little – the Chargers making the playoffs makes me a little nervous because we, we have a tough time with the Chargers. They're just built to beat us. And I feel like, you know, that could be a difficult game as well if we have to face that in the postseason. Dan, you know, it wasn't that long ago, uh, maybe just a few weeks ago, that you were on the show and we were talking about um, how bad the Kansas City running game had become. That has not been the case the last couple of (laughs) weeks between Isaiah Pacheco and then, of course, Jarek McKinnon. He's had himself a great couple of games, uh, including the game winner on Sunday against the Texans. Talk a little bit about the evolution and the uh, ascension of the Kansas City run game and what that means for this team moving into the playoffs. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, if I had told you, you know, two years ago or even last year, we're going to have 500 yards of offense. How do you think that breaks down? I think we'd all said, you know, 75 yards, 75 yards on the ground, the rest through the air. And yet the chiefs almost did 200 against the Texans uh, in the rushing game. So, and and it was pretty well spread. I think Pacheco had just under a hundred. I think McKinnon had over 50 and, and they're tough yards. I mean, one of the things I really like about the chiefs running game is it's not about finesse as much as the passing game is, 
The rushing game is not. They are just right now hitting the football. And and just when you think you've been, you know, pounded up the middle, you get Jarrett McKinnon in there who's who may have mastered the jump cut. I mean, he reminds me of Jamal Charles at times with that. You remember how Charles would just you know, pull guy out of his tennis shoes. And uh, I love mm-hmm. that kind of running where you've got uh, an intense running back who you can hand the ball to when you have to have it and he can get you that. And, and I know they want to stop these guys. I know, I know defenses don't like to get run on any more than, than, you know, offenses like to get sacks. So, so I think that, you know, for the, the remainder of the season, this may be as bad if they can keep this up. And, and there's no reason to think they can't. Pacheco's not hurt. McKinnon's not hurt. You still have, you know, Rojo, and it, it, it really is. And you're going to get Clyde Edwards back at some point. I really feel like if they can keep up this rushing attack for the remainder of the season, we can honestly take into the playoffs one of the most balanced football teams, certainly in my time, one of the most balanced football teams we could have. You, know, you can go back to the beginning when I was a young man, and, and we had Christian Okoye, but we didn't have the kind of we didn't have kind of aerial assault that we can do now. I mean, Steve DeBerg was not going to do what Patrick Mahomes can do. So I really feel like this is the most balanced team the Chiefs have had going into the playoffs in a lot, a lot of years. Maybe back, going all the way back to Lynn Dawson. Interesting, uh, because they're going to need it. I think in the postseason. One more for you, Dan. The MVP race maybe just got real interesting as it pertains to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, reports out, early reports that Jalen Hurts will miss at least one game, maybe two games. Who knows what that does? He was the odds-on favorite. Mahomes is now the odds-on favorite. I actually think it's a pretty tight race between those two, Burrow and Allen. But Mahomes is now the odds-on favorite. If Hertz misses that time, what do you think his chances are of getting in there and getting that MVP award this year? You know, and I know a lot of people feel like if you can't play all 16 or 17 games uh, now uh, with our schedule that you're almost automatically disqualified. I don't know that I would go that far, but I do think if the Eagles are able to go out and beat the Cowboys, especially if it's definitive or, or you know, if it looks as though they're not missing Jalen Hurts, that hurts his stock to me. You know, I mean, that's just how good the the Eagles' offensive line is right now. If they go out and they look ponderously bad, you can say, well, Hurts was a factor in that. And so I think some of that's going to depend on, on this weekend's game and how they – I think they play the Cowboys, right? And so uh, yeah. I think that, that'll be a, a, a little bit of a, a slant. I think outside of that, Josh Allen – uh, and Burrow, man, they're all important. That's for sure. And I know I'm close to this Chiefs team, so I, my natural inclination is to say Patrick Mahomes has been a difference maker. I'll tell you what else. There's a piece of me that thinks the same thing about Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey's having one of those years where uh, when this guy goes into the Hall of Fame, we're going to talk about some of the things he was able to do. If you just sit back and look at the number of games that have been won by either Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey almost single-handedly this year. It's kind of stunning. You know, when you can say, put the game on my back, I'll carry you, I think that that becomes part of the the fodder, part of the fuel for the the most valuable player. Uh, I My vote probably is Patrick Mahomes just because I'm close to it. But I, I, get, the, I get the argument for sure. I do think, though, with Jalen, if he misses one game, 
and they don't win against the Cowboys, I think he's still in the conversation. If he misses more than one game or they just, you know, they pounce the Cowboys, I think you got to discount that. Yeah, that it'll be, and it's always hard. Like, and I was, it's tough to hold the other successful parts of a team against a quarterback. Um, but that's what that vote typically does. But certainly a storyline developing that we will watch down the stretch. All right, Dan, what do you guys have coming up this week here on the Chiefs Radio Network? Another noon broadcast. How about that? I got home. Yeah. I got home from Houston. I was in my house. Walked in my door at eight thirty, and I was like, oh, "I'd forgotten what this feels like." But yeah, <laughs> this one's this one. Fortunately, is a home game. It's going to be a tough one against Seattle. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be an easy team. I'm for. I think we're fortunate we get them in Arrowhead. We've been on the road for three weeks. I expect the Arrowhead crowd to be wound up. Not to mention it's Christmas Eve. That's a little bit of an unusual deal. But I, I'm glad it stayed as a noon game, and the league didn't flex it to the night because. Uh, I just think it's going to be one of those iconic football days, although very, supposed to be very chilly at Arrowhead. So I'm I'm thankful I'm going to be indoors this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be rough. All right, Dan, we appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for the visits here. We'll come down the home stretch. We'll chase home field, and we'll talk to you again next week. You got to have a good week. There goes Dan Israel. Executive producer, Chiefs Radio Network. If you missed any of that conversation, joined in uh, part of the way through, you can always go to kfhradio.com to hear it all. Well, fans, it's that time of year again, and there's no better way for sports fans to celebrate the season than with BetMGM's 12 days of giveaways. Opening your presents is easy. Just sign into your BetMGM account and unwrap a new giveaway every day between December 14th and December 25th. You'll find everything a better needs to enjoy the holidays, including deposit matches, free bets, and parlay boost tokens for all your favorite sports. Log into your BetMGM account or sign up today for 12 days of giveaways from the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older and physically present in Kansas to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We'll look ahead to the Sugar Bowl when Sports Daily returns. And Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily, Jake Balbrock, Tom and Castor. Our thanks to Dan Israel. If you missed him in the last segment, kfhradio.com. You can go back and listen there. Talk all things Chiefs. Uh, All right, Tommy, Sugar Bowl. So we're in that. I hate this time of year for college football because I feel like all the momentum gets just ripped out from underneath us in college football while we wait for these bowl games. It's never made sense to me why we wait. Some of it will go away when we get a 12-team playoff because you'll get games in the weeks leading up to it. Uh, but we, here we sit and wait, and we'll wait another week, and then we'll get some games in about 10 or 11 days uh, that matter, right? And the Sugar Bowl, as Chris Kleiman put yesterday, and I agree with him, 
outside of the CFP, the Sugar Bowl is the best bowl game uh, for a variety of reasons. And at the forefront of those reasons isn't just because it's Alabama, which absolutely matters, right? Uh, he called them the gold standard. They are the gold standards. There's not much debate there. But I think the biggest reason this becomes the most interesting non-CFP bowl game is because everybody's playing. Everybody. Like, neither team expects holdouts. Now, we'll see if there's any injuries that play a factor as we get closer to. But as far as opting out of this game, nobody's opting out, Tommy. And that that means at least five All-Americans, right? Three on the K-State side, at least two on Alabama. And I'm sure they have more than two. I just don't know them. But uh, Anderson and, and Young are going to play. Those are going to be two top five picks, if not the top two picks in the NFL draft. For Kansas State, you've got Deuce Vaughn playing. Felix Anudike Uzama's playing, Cooper Beebe's playing. So all the stars are coming out for this Sugar Bowl, and that's exactly what we hope for, right, when we want to see K-State get the opportunity to step into the ring with a team like Alabama. Yeah, how great is that? Uh, the fact that nobody is opting out on either side. And that was a topic of conversation for a sure. while. Um, uh, like Not really on the Kansas State side, but on the Alabama side. Who's going to opt out? They're not in the CFP. Um, you know, are they going to be able to um, have enough guys that are, you know, high impact guys that are going to play in this game? Will Bryce Young play? Will Will Anderson play? Uh, they're all playing, and that's great. And on the Kansas State side, it definitely shows the culture that Chris Kleiman is building and the fact that all of these players are, are going to play in this huge game. I mean, think about it this way. They won the Big 12 championship, and that's incredible. That's awesome. It's a testament to everything. We've talked about that at length. But the Sugar Bowl is a different beast entirely, and this is the most high-profile game that a lot of these guys will play in. And the fact that they're getting an, a, an opportunity to do that and they're not going to opt out, um, it's going to make for a great football game, a high-profile football game, and nationally all eyes are going to be on both of these programs. It'll be everything you can hope for for K-State because I think what it also does is validate that the program belongs in the conversation, right? So if, if we know Alabama is a CFP caliber team, right? They just are, and history tells us that, and you, as much as anybody wants to hate it, they are. Were they as good this year as they have been in some years past? No, clearly they weren't. And and their body of work is very similar to K-State's, right? Like they, you know, I, I think in totality, you they're pretty on par. The three losses for K-State, probably about equal to the two losses for Alabama and it, as far as who they lost to, right, and the quality of opponent. So I, I just want to see it as a litmus test. The impact for K-State's already being felt. They're going to have this great class by their own standard coming in, um, better than they've had in a while, all of those things. But I do think what happens in the Sugar Bowl can have some impact on the transfer portal and long-term implications on the program. Does that mean they need to come in and win the game? That would help. But as long as they're in the game, competitive in the game and showing that, yeah, we're right here with Alabama. Our program is doing the same kinds of things outside of recruiting, of course, that Alabama is. I do think that helps in the transfer portal. If people see Will Howard come in and play really well, that could land Kansas State a couple of receivers that they desperately need, probably through the portal going into next season, which if Deuce Vaughn comes back could be a really special season. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in this world of the transfer portal, and when we're we're looking at all of these different players from every program in America uh, that are going, you know, different places and they're uh, holding official visits right now and they're being recruited in. Um, I think it shows this united front with the Wildcats that, yeah, they've had a handful of players that have transferred out. They've announced a couple of new players that will join the program next season. But by and large, the majority of this team is staying intact for this game. And not, there have been a number of bowl games that I've, I've looked at already coming up where the, there are a lot of players that are opting out of bowl games because they're transferring out of the programs entirely. Uh, that really hasn't been the case uh, significantly with Kansas State. And so to me, that kind of becomes the gold standard in the way that uh, a lot of these football programs operate, where you have a great season, you win your conference championship, you go to a high-profile bowl game, and by and large, the vast majority of your team is still going to be there to play in the bowl game. I hate it when you've got a team that, I understand the transfer portal and I'm fine with it and all of it, but I hate it when you've got a big-time bowl game with a big-time program, and there are a number of players that have left the program entirely that are going to a different school and they're not playing in that bowl game. Yeah, it's um, it, it's perfect. It really is perfect that we're getting this game now for this program. It is wild to think when we think about, like go just go back to this summer even and think about, hey, K-State fans, you're going to have an opportunity in the biggest bowl game, not of the CFP, unfortunately, but the biggest bowl game otherwise against Nick Saban and Alabama. And oh, by the way, everybody's playing. Everybody. What an opportunity that's going to be. And, and you can even like take it down to the micro. What an opportunity it will be for Felix Anudike Uzama to increase his draft stock if he's able to come in against that offensive line and that quarterback and wreak havoc, you don't think that's going to impact his draft status? It's absolutely going to impact his draft status. I think that there is some... I Look, I think there's a really good chance Deuce Vaughn comes back next year for all the reasons we've talked about at length on this show with the potential to earn. I also think a possibility exists that if he goes in against that defense and has an unreal game, Maybe it increases his draft status enough that he makes a different decision, and maybe that de decision is truly up in the air like I think it probably is. Um, there's all kinds of—and and again, there's the, there's the more um, obvious— like if Will Howard comes in and has a really good game, we know he's coming back. K-State, their chances of getting a couple of receivers through the portal go up tremendously because they're like, yeah, I'll come play with that guy. Look at that guy. Look at that offense. Um Chris Kleiman's got a good enough record of sending guys to the league and doing those things. K-State's got just a—I mean, their opportunity right now is as high as it possibly could be outside of reaching the CFP. And in reality, Tommy, like, I'm not sure how much lower it is than had they reached the CFP. Like, I would be willing to bet that the ratings for the Sugar Bowl and the attention it will garner nationally— are not far off, if at all, from the semifinal CFP games. I think it'll be right there with them. Well, yeah, because you've got the national brand of Alabama, right? And so even though they're not playing for a national championship, people tune in to watch Nick Saban 
and people sure. tune in to watch his teams. And so this is an opportunity to elevate the brand of Kansas State football. It's been a long time since we've seen Kansas State with this kind of national exposure. Um, yeah, they won a Big 12 championship and, and, and played really well, you know, a few years, several years ago, right, under Bill Snyder, kind of that, that last gasp, you know, with Snyder. Um, and, and then, of course, they played well in the early 2000s, and they were in the national conversation as one of the top teams in America. But it's been a long time since they've had this huge of a stage to be on. And so, yeah, I mean, all, all the benefits that a big-time bowl game bring with it Kansas State is going to reap the benefits of that the the media exposure and the extra practice time we know all about that but just getting on the stage with Alabama in a sugar bowl in New Orleans a standalone game on a national network uh, that can only bode well and provide long-term benefits for this Kansas State program it just I I and and I'm so excited about it again because I don't think that Kansas State is wired to come into any game and just be totally overmatched. I think they're more talented than that, and I think we've seen that play out throughout the season. Um, so that's positive news, too. We don't know Adrian Martinez's status. We know Will Howard's going to get the start. If Martinez is healthy, I'll be very curious to see if he gets reps on this stage. I do think that that matters to um, the coaching staff to to sort of reward him for his efforts. So... That's a possibility, and I also think, especially with this much prep time, Tommy, because think about how much, and we know the practice time and how much it means to the roster and all those things. We've talked about that, but it also provides an opportunity, if Martinez is healthy, to really script in some Adrian Martinez packages to try and take advantage of his skill set that would be a little uh, non-traditional and, and tough to plan for if you're Alabama's defense. And I won't be surprised at all if he's healthy, if he gets, you know, 10 to 12 snaps and really they give an opportunity to that offense to do some things to keep that defense on its heels. I think much like a lot of K-State season, it really will be dependent on K-State's defense, not having that lapse that we've seen in some halves of this season, because that's where a team like Alabama really could, you know, hurt you badly, right? So you can't have that. You got to come out start to finish and play the brand of defense we know that they're capable of playing. But outside of that, I think they're going to be just fine to hang in this game. Um, I think they absolutely have a chance to win this game. Yeah, I don't have a ton of concerns about the defense in this game. I really don't. Um, I have had concerns in the past. Uh, about the way that they've looked, you know, so, you know, different halves against like Texas and, you know, times like that. But um, overall, though, I, I they are a solid defense and they're one of the best defenses in the Big 12. Uh, they can absolutely hang with Alabama. I have no concerns about that whatsoever. Going back to your point about Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I think they could probably find some opportunities to get him on the field. I'm not so sure that's really necessary. Um, I mean, I think if they find a wrinkle where it works I, for him, I, I don't know help. if you really... I think it could help, but I don't know if you have to have that uh, to beat Alabama. Think about it this way. Will Howard has a chance here to be on the same level with Bryce Young. And Bryce Young is a heralded college quarterback, is going to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. And just think about, it's on the table, and I think it could happen if Will Howard outduels Bryce Young. Um, that just raises the stock of Will Howard. Um and his longevity long-term, not only for the Wildcats, but his future prospects after that, too. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. 
I am not sure that there is a player in the country with more to gain between right now and next year's NFL draft. Not the one coming up, but the one after than Will Howard. He has the size. He has shown a lot of the traits this year, and he's about to take the stage that you just mentioned and then go into next year. I think your possibility of outcomes for Will Howard is all over the place as far as where he ranks in as an NFL draft prospect. All over the place because he has the size. You know, that's the thing that's always stood out about him. When he's out there, he looks the part, right, of the old-school traditional pocket passer. Big, tall, you know, a wide frame, like all the things that come with that. He also has a coaching staff with a long history of preparing guys to play at that level. So, yeah, I, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for Will Howard, and I don't think it's I don't think it's hyperbole to say he has as much to gain over the next 14, 15 months uh, as any player in the country as far as increasing his status to be an NFL player. And that will—it it began earlier this year, but this will be a tremendous step because everybody's going to think about it and remember it this offseason if he's able to come in and play well against Alabama. No question at, yeah. about it. 100%. Uh, he's got that chance to really raise that profile. Not a lot of people nationally know about Will Howard. They know that the Wildcats won the Big 12, uh, and they know that he took over for Adrian Martinez. He's got a lot to show, and I think he can do it. All that being said, I still would love to see Adrian Martinez, if he's healthy, run the ball five, six times at least in that game and try and break off one of those big plays we saw when he was good to go. Uh, we'll talk much more about the Sugar Bowl in the coming days as we get a little closer to it. 869-1240. We'll come back. Last full segment of Sports Daily coming next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Have yourself a Welcome in, everybody, Sports Daily. Christmas. We're getting close. We'll power through this Let ridiculous cold weather coming. A couple other uh, headlines, Tommy. Uh, the Masters looks like it's going to allow LIV live golfers to compete. No surprise there. Don't blame the Masters at all. I think they should take the best players. They have the independence and ability to do that. Uh, we've got... Sirianni just spoke about Jalen Hurts, and he's attacking his rehab, not totally ruling him out, but saying they're confident in Gardner Minshew either way. I think the chances of Hurts playing are probably pretty low. Uh, And then Ron Rivera upset about the ending of his game. No surprise there. Don't ask him about the refereeing, he says yesterday. Uh, All three of these real quick, Tommy. Why does the NFL stay silent when there are glaring, glaring officiating deficiencies in a game? All that does is breed people's doubt in the credibility of it. Um, why not come out and say, we screwed that up two times on the final drive there? They're going to have credibility issues either way, right? So they're trying to right. guess, save face and not admit uh, that things are, are an issue. I mean, if they come out and say, we screwed up, I think their thought process is nobody's going to think that they're ever going to be credible. But on the flip side, by not admitting it, people are already thinking they're not credible. So it's kind of a lose-lose for the NFL. I think in their mind, they're like, hey, if it's going to be a lose-lose, we might as well stand our ground. Stand, but, but when you miss a call, and if only there were 800 cameras on every football game, right? We can we can see it. You can see it. Just say, yep, got that one yep. wrong. Uh, sorry. Like, we'll do whatever it is we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, Masters. LIV golfers, you agree with the Masters decision makers on that? Because I do. Well, I mean, of course, like you mentioned, the Masters are uh, independent. Like they're not they're not affiliated with the PGA Tour. They can make whatever rules they want to make. And so um, it doesn't surprise me that they made this decision because there are really high profile golfers that are now part of the Live Tour. Look at Dustin Johnson, who's a previous Masters champion, is now on the Live Tour. Brooks Kepka is on the Live Tour. Phil Mickelson, a former champion, is on the Live Tour. So um, they don't want to have an event where those guys are not able to play in the tournament, right? So I feel like this is not a surprise. Um, I, and I think that we're headed towards something where I don't want to say a truce between the PGA and the Live Tour, but at least maybe some kind of understanding that neither tour is going is going away. Uh, and so is there a way that maybe they can try to, I don't know, work together, but maybe minimize the amount of distractions? But to this specific point, no, I'm not surprised. Why is it that 
fans and and I am a far more casual golf fan, I think, than you are, Tommy. Why did fans take so much offense? Why do fans take so much offense to the competitive league coming in? Because ultimately, like, who cares, right? Just just give me the best golfers. Like, put you can put whatever title you want on. I don't really care. Um, I don't have any like affinity that deep deep roots with the PGA. Like, what has the PGA done for me? Like, why why were people so upset? And yeah, the Masters. You want to talk about an opportunity for the Masters now to say, hey, everybody, all this animosity one time a year gets on the same course and the drama and all that stuff. Heck, yeah. Bring that on to Augusta because we'll have all of them. Some of these other tournaments don't get to do that. We do. And we're going to have I think that's man. What a I think the Masters brilliant for letting them all come play. There was a lot of virtue signaling when the Live Tour came yeah. around about, you know, the money that they're taking and where that money is coming from. And, and some of that's probably legitimate. But at its core, it's just basically that people don't like change. And they've been used to the PGA Tour for so long. And now some of their favorite golfers are leaving and going somewhere else. They didn't like it. It's as simple as that. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. So you kind of have to get on board. Yeah. Careful chasing that money trail. You might not like where it leads you. Uh, 869-1240. That's the number to call. Put it in your speed dial. We'll have time for calls tomorrow. When we return, what's on tap for the networks today here on KFH and our Odyssey family. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.